Hey, what's going on? You know, we're here in hot Atlanta. I'm Sheila Stafford. And you know who I am, the big Stafford. Stafford Boxing. The making of champions. That's no cappuccino. <laughs> uh, uh. Yes, sir. Hey, what's going on? Thank you, everybody. Man. Hello and welcome to For Talk real. and Fight Talk. on this wonderful day. Yes, sir. Christmas is right around the corner. Baby, you know it's about to be a new year in about a couple of weeks. I know. Maybe. Time is going by so fast. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to our viewers, we got a special guest, hometown in the ATL. Baby, go ahead and do the honors. Go and bring this Hall of Fame in, man. Let's Terry Moss. She is the CEO and head trainer at the Buckhead Fight Club and promoter, producer, professional boxing manager, corporate fight night. I'm really interested in that. Head coach at Georgia Tech Boxing Club, Club, I'm sorry, WBC TV Network, affiliate WIBA, and also she's a WIBF world champion. Champion. She was inducted in 2015 in the International Women Boxing Hall of Fame. And she also holds a Guinness world record. Can I just take a breath real quick? Cause that was a lot that I had to say. <sighs> she is a wonderful woman. She has, uh, she wears a lot of hats. She's a Renaissance woman. I don't even know how she does all of this. N doesn't even look like she gets tired. She still looks great, young and refreshed. So everybody please welcome Terry Moss, the boss. <laughs> That's a giant intro. No. Ooh, you got a lot going on. Everybody has to know what it is that, that you have done and what you are doing. So we had to honor you. Yeah, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It doesn't happen much in women's boxing. So it's it's really nice to hear that. So um that well, just ready to finish a big year. So they've there've been a lot of uh a lot of shows, a lot of things going on. Um, looking for, you know, next year and trying to decide how I'm going to lay it out. Got you. Now here on the Stafford Boxer Report, we honor everyone, but we really honor women because we know that we wear a lot of hats and we do so much more. And sometimes we may not feel appreciated. So that's why we're giving you your flowers and your crown in front of the whole world, because you have given a lot of women opportunities in the boxing industry. And I just believe in life, period. So we're going to talk about who is Terry Moss, the boss? <laughs> well, I'm a worker, that's for sure. So um, like I said, I, I, spend, I spend my whole uh existence planning out my next step in boxing and um I, I have done a lot of things but i've experienced a lot of things so i'm pretty grateful um for for a woman that got into the sport and kind of late i've done more than most of the most of the people that i know in the whole sport so it's been quite a a challenge but also a pretty fun ride so if i if i left it tomorrow I, you know i haven't uh well i still have a few more goals but if i left it tomorrow um you know i'd still i, I feel pretty fulfilled about what i've done but uh, I still want to have that world champion, you know, that 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 world recognized champion. I want to be 
you know, eventually recognizes a trainer that takes a lot for a female to, to get in that position. So I'm working on that. And then, you know, bigger shows, that kind of thing. I do a lot of promotions, um, you know, kind of started a consulting uh, uh, job, um, you know, helping new promoters get their shows off the ground. It's, it's a challenge, but, um, you know, trying to get more people involved in the sport. So, and um, I definitely want to get that world champion of my own though. And it's coming too. Now you are also the first female cut man as well. Can you tell people, our viewers that don't know, what what is that? What did you do? Um, well, I don't know that I was the first, but I was the first one that I knew of. So, and, you know, I talked to some other people about it, commentators and stuff. They didn't know a lot of them. I mean, I started, I started in boxing, working corners um, before I even was a fighter. So um, that's when you, you know, if the fighter gets cut, you know, cut man does a few different jobs, wrap hands a lot of times, which I'm really good at that. So um, they wrap hands. Uh, they'll they'll close a cut, you know, fix broken noses, stuff like that. So the good thing is I, I learned that a long time ago. I don't really have to hire one for my fighters, though. I realized when I had one that was, um, you know, got cut pretty bad in a in a ten round fight that, um, you know, it's probably better to hire somebody because two jobs in the corner is too much. So <laughs> when you really want to focus on your own fighter, you, you don't want to have to focus on that cut. But uh, it's an it's not really not complicated to teach someone that job. So, but I you know I, I did do that for quite a while. Well, Terry, we want to say thank you so much for being on the Stafford Boxing Report. Uh, as you know, the Stafford Boxing Report is a platform that caters towards women uh, who are in, who are in the boxing industry as boxers as well as business women. So you definitely fit the ideal person that we admire and appreciate coming on the show. And you mentioned earlier that you started in the boxing industry at a later age and you've been able to accomplish a lot of personal as well as business goals. Could you share with us, like, how old were you when you first got started in the boxing industry as being a, what was it called, Cutter? She was a, she was a cornerman. She was working in the corner and a cut man. Yeah, cut man. My bad. I'm, so, I think you did that first, right? Before did, you yeah. actually started um, fighting boxing, right? Yeah, long story. Uh, make it short here. You know, I was um, I got into boxing around thirty-two years old, uh, something like that. And so, but you know, I, I really didn't know that women could do boxing. So a friend of mine, uh, you know, she was going through a divorce, and had seen that J Lo movie enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> she had a boyfriend or whatever, and she winds up taking boxing lessons to beat him up or whatever. Anyway, she'd seen that movie and she was like, I want to learn how to box. And I, I, I was always a fitness person. So I did a lot of different kind of things. I was actually training for my first half triathlon. So I'd gotten into that a little bit, done a lot of weightlifting from the time I was, I tell people when Olivia Newton-John was getting physical, so was I, it was that long. <laughs> I remember the Richard Simmons and all that stuff. Yes. So um, when health clubs were brand new, um, I was going to those, uh, you know, trying to get, get some workout in. So um, anyway, we, I was going headed to an aerobics class and she wanted to stop in and meet a boxing trainer. I thought she was nuts. You know, we did a workout that day and, you know, a month later I was still there and she was gone, <laughs> you know, three months later I was buried in the business. So it, it just didn't take much for me. I, I just fell in love with the sport. And because of my age, you know, you know, my, my trainer was telling me, you know, oh, you're too old to box. You know, I had some medical problems too. So, you know, he just told me I, I couldn't. So he taught me, oh, you can work corners, you can do these things. And that's why I learned that first. But then, you know, I just was really determined I wanted to box. So, uh, you know, 
took care of some health issues. Uh, you know, I, I, I stuck my, you know, my toe in the water and next thing you know, I was, you know, I, I was buried. <laughs> so I learned the hard way, everything. So, um, but the good thing about that is you learn it from the grassroots up where a lot of people, you know, come in, they might start, you know, even promoters, some, some, some promoters come in, they may, maybe they have some money and they want to put something out there, but they just really don't learn the grassroots, you know, but uh, that I've learned all that on, on every aspect of, I've done in boxing. It's all been, you know, kind of a, a homemade <laughs> a version of what, what needed to be done from the very beginning, which made me learn step-by-step, step, you know, to where I want to go. So, um, but definitely not afraid to do whatever, you know, I, I, I'm going to, if I'm going to keep promoting shows, once I get a few state round, uh, state farm arena shows under my belt, then I can be satisfied. You know, once I get a world champion, then I'll be satisfied as a trainer. And I think those are my only two uh, left that I have that I really want to do. So um, other than that, I've, I've done just about everything I can think that I wanted to do. Gotcha. Now, let me ask you, being a promoter is a very big responsibility. Yes. We have talked about promoters and a little bit about what goes into it. But can you tell our viewers what is the sole responsibility that the promoter has for their boxer? I mean, there's there's a lot involved with that. One of the main things is just the relationship um, between the boxer and the promoter. That's the hardest part to maintain. You know, you're you know, uh, boxing, especially in the professional ranks. It's 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 a it's a hard business and. Um, you know, myself, and I have a one matchmaker that is my primary matchmaker that I work with. You know, we, we were fighters. We both, you know, did our thing. So we we really consider ourselves to be the good guys in boxing. You know, most of those relationships are not very, very good between promoters and fighters. You know, they, they, they need to move the fighters, but, you know, then, you know, the it's neither one of them trust each other, neither one are loyal. So it's quite a, quite a different kind of business. You got to you know, trying to learn to have that relationship, um, you know, a good relationship and, and keep things upfront and honest are the hardest parts. I mean, not not for me, because that's what I want to do. But, you know, just getting, you know, the, the trust has to be there on both sides of the uh, of the fence. And it's, you know, moves to move somebody safely and profitably for everybody is, is quite a challenge, you know. So, I mean, everybody's in there because they want to make a statement or make, make money or you know, build something. So, you know, uh, getting every side of the fence to understand that we're in this together and let's all succeed rather than, you know, usually what it turns out is one person, one side succeeds and the other doesn't or vice versa. It's just, you know, you hear all, over and over the stories about the, you know, wars between the promoters and the fighters and, you know, everybody wants to be self-managed now or self-promoted, but it takes a lot to do that. So, you know, we all need each other. Um, so it's finding that perfect balance um, and to still, have good relationships in, in the field. That's the hardest part. But I mean, I, I've managed to do that. I feel like, uh, you know, you can't please everyone, but um, for the most part, you know, I think I've managed to keep a good relationship with the fighters as a promoter um, and and as a trainer and, a, you know, manager to keep a good relationship with the promoter. So the good thing is I get to experience both sides of the fence where most people don't. It's one or the other. So, you know, that's, that's probably the most important thing. Okay, so I know with the pro motion part, you said there's a lot going on with that. Okay, so now you're a manager. Mm -hmm. Now the manager, of, would the manager of course have, um, I would say 
a lesser of a responsibility than the promoter? No, no, not at all. So, you know, it gives the law to manage and promote a fighter. So if I manage somebody, I'm not promoting them. If I promote them, I don't manage them. So that's that's how you have to handle that. Um, some fighters, you know, what, I mean, I'm a certain level of promoter. I'm not Bob Arum. So if someone outgrows, you know, the, you know, the, my ability to promote them, then that's when it would be good to manage them to make sure that whichever promoter we put them with would, um, you know, be a, a safe and, uh, you know, profitable and still, you know, a building experience for the fighter. If that's a fighter I'm trying to protect or whatever, um, it, you know, it's a balancing act on both sides of the fence, but managers, they're equally invested. I mean, sometimes they're the ones putting out all the money for the fighter. It just depends on, you know, what the situation is. It, it can be, it can be pretty interesting that that balance of power. It's, it's you know, there's three three parts to a team: a manager, promoter, and a, a boxer. But you know, some boxers just have some fighters just have promoters. Some just have managers. It just kind of depends on what you know what the situation is, who the fighter is, and what their ability is, and where they're going to cap off. Um, you know, uh, fighters have different levels of ability so you, you you know you have to be able to dis discern which you know where you're going to go and where it's going to stop and you know what the next level is and how far you can go it's 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 an interesting <laughs> you know you got to be really uh, real about what what to expect you know what what can be expected well you know terry i was just sitting here just thinking and i was just listening to uh some of the things that you were saying and one of the things that you said was one of your goals was about State Farm Arena. Mm. And uh, I think that already you have done amazing work in the boxing industry, particularly bringing uh, uh, a bigger spotlight to the state of Georgia, the city of Atlanta. Uh, the name Buckhead is a very popular uh, name in the city of Atlanta. So I can see that you definitely have a good marketing mind as well as a business mind in terms of naming your business. The the, the part that I want to say that I definitely see you being in State Reform Arena promoting and hosting the fight. We just want to be a part of we we just want to have like the Stafford boxing logo just somewhere on that ring so that people can see. So so today is a is like the beginning of a friendship of a business. The other thing that I really do appreciate what you said was about you being a woman of character in terms of business. The boxing industry is cutthroat. Everybody, you know, may say things, but, you know, then they turn, you know what I mean? And from my gaze on you, I just look at you as like from that old school, that old cloth where a handshake, your word is your bond. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yes, yes in today's time, we have to use contract because people's character doesn't, you know, hold up to their word. They break their word. So, but for you, um, you must be doing something right to be able to elevate the boxing scene in Atlanta. So I wanted you to talk about uh, December the 9th, and I wanted you to talk about, you know, how significant that was not only to your business, but also in terms of you elevating the sport of boxing in this particular market in Georgia. Right. So that show was a pro boxing show at Center Stage. It was just this past uh, Friday. Um, so with that particular show, that was one of my consulting clients. So it's a 
uh, gentleman that wants to do promotions. He, you know, he's been a little bit involved in the sport, but not a whole lot. Um, very big fan. Um, you know, he wanted to take a shot at it. And so, um, you know, center stage is not the place that a brand new promoter should really <laughs> kick their kick their uh, shows off, you know, to get your feet wet a little bit before you jump in to that level of a show. But, um, you know, that he was willing to do that. And so we went through the show. Um, it's not perfect, of course, it's his first experience, but there's no doubt that the show was a great show. You know, we, you know, when I, when I consult clients, I make sure that they, you know, have certain things that they have to agree to as far as, you know, the production of the event, the vendors, you know, the matchmaking process, you know, those kind of things are essential and crucial to having a good show. You know, the, the thing that's the most important part that the promoters learn at that point is how to do the marketing and those kind of things. That's business sense that they kind of have to bring with them. And then, uh, to see, you know, if they can pull off the sales, that's, you know, a lot of promoters, you know, you, you, you know, that's one thing about state farm arena, you don't really have to promote that, that a venue will promote itself. And when you take a venue like center stage, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. It's a center stage show. It's a great fight venue. You know, it, it a good venue does help promote the event. If I did one at a casino, I, you know, a long time ago, I heard that they were going to build some down in underground. I'm hoping they can do that. I'll be the first promoter knocking on the door to do some shows in those casinos. So, you know, hey, help hey, we're going to tag along with you now. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm really hoping that happens. So um, I'm sure quite a few laws we have to pass for that to happen. But um, I, I feel like Atlanta's on its way to, uh, you know, being a little bit more acceptable to those kind of venues. Um, but I think they'll bring a lot of business, including conventions and things like that to the city, which we're already a big convention city as it is. So, um, but, um, you know, you, some venues will sell the show, but if you're, you know, you're like I said, if I do one at my gym, I have to get out there and promote. So that's one thing that a lot of promoters uh, really don't understand. You know, it's not up to the fighters. It's not up to the venue. You have to promote. So that's one of the things that's the hardest lesson learned for all promoters is you you have to get out there and promote like you got to be a salesman. So that's that's one of the things that you got to learn. And, and that's really, <coughs> excuse me, I think the biggest um, takeaway that maybe this promoter had was, you know, learning those steps of, of just promoting the event yourself, you know, learn how to do that. But it was a great show. <coughs> excuse me. Um, it turned out really um, good fights, you know, co um, competitive fights. And that's what really matters. So um, it's, it's a great show. Excuse me. You okay? You okay? Yeah. <laughs> Little uh, Brooke No Mercy said, hey, Terry, keep up the oh, great yeah. work. Uh, it was great to meet her at the Hall of Fame. So she, she got inducted this year. Yes. She is on, uh, I'm on the board of directors for the Women's uh, International mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. And she got inducted. And it was such a great thing to see her. So she uh, was so excited. Great family, brought her family with her. It was awesome. So, so I wanted to ask you, um, <laughs> so you have multiple hats. You are a trainer, promoter, manager, uh, <laughs> just everything. So as a trainer, what is your specialty in terms of preparing a fighter for a fight? Now, I know like some, some trainers specialize in mid work, right? Some do, uh, you know, telling them about, you know, counter punching, um, some say are specialized in footwork, um, head moving, et cetera, et cetera. What do you specialize as it relates to preparing a fighter for a fight? Um, I mean, it depends on the fight that's in front of you. So, I mean, all those things are important, you know, pad work, you know, counter punching, footwork, defense, you know, 
angles, you know, finding ways to create openings. Those are all very important. It depends on the fighter that's in front of you. You know, not all fighters are the same. So, you know, just making each fighter the best they can be for that particular fight, you know, that's it's really the only thing you can do. Um, you know, it's my specialty. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I like movement, counter punching angles, you know, all that kind of kind of thing. But the main thing is just go kick their butt. And as long as you do sure. that. <laughs> W. We want yeah. that W. I yeah, watched some. I watched. I watched one of your boxing matches, and everything that you just said, I had. I saw you do. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I learned a lot more after I retired. So, uh, unfortunately, I had a short career. I mean, yeah. But you know, the age caught up to me, and then uh, my trainer and I, uh, you know, we we split up. But at that point, I was like, how can it be fruitful for anybody, you know, to continue with my boxing career? And I couldn't. I couldn't find a way that it would be very profitable for anyone, you know, other than just for me to do it because I wanted to. So that's, that's when I decided to step aside, you know, some fighters don't know when to walk away. You know, I, I, I knew when I got in, it was going to be short. And so that's really why I did all the different things. I just had to reinvent myself and, you know, I'm glad I'm, I was able to do that. I'm, uh, you know, a little bit of a crossroads again right now. So I'm trying to decide where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, you know, uh, you know, it's a lot, a lot going on right now. So you, you gotta, you have to learn to reinvent yourself. And that's one thing I love about Mike Tyson. This man reinvented himself in a big way. So, I mean, you, you can't be a fighter all the time. You know, you can't always be the fighter. So, uh, you know, deciding what I can be, what I can be the best at and how I can benefit the sport, you know, the best way possible or the business, you know, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at now. So, um, but yeah, I wish I would have done, if I would have had more time, I could have probably put a lot more in my game, but you know, it was what it was and it was really fun. <laughs> you know, I accomplished a few things. So uh, now on to the next, you know, whichever, whichever area that takes me every time. So. Terry, you, you know, you keep saying that, you know, if you would have had enough time, you would have did this, you would have did that. Ma'am, I'm just so proud of you. Like just meeting you today and talking to you earlier, like I'm just proud of you, you know, particularly at that later age in life. And, you know, you're talking about getting into a sport where it's for the young bucks. You get what I'm right. saying? And so the fact that you, you know, didn't listen to the naysayers and like, no, nah, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. But at the same time, you have passion. And I think like passion overrides people deficiencies, you know, where they may lack it. But because I got the passion and the fact that you have passion for the sport of boxing, it has propelled you to be in the business sector. And then you just mentioned you're on the board of directors for the Hall of Famers. So, I mean, I mean, so, I mean, your vote is important. Your, your insight, they respect you. And so, man, we were just, you know, me and Sheila and I, we just honored and, you know, we just going to, Continue to watch you take notes because it's a lot that you have to offer to the sport of boxing. And as a woman, I mean, it's even important that you share the uh, the game that you learn. Like you said, you said that you learn more after you started stop boxing than you did when you were boxing. And that's you know sometimes that's just how things are meant to be. I think that when you stop uh, boxing. From a maturity standpoint, you was able to receive the information, whereas being an active fighter, you just, you know, things are moving at a fast pace. So you don't have an opportunity to grasp those things, right. not unless you started, you know, early on. But I think now you very seasoned as, as a woman about life. You understand about how life works. I think that's very important. And then you talked about how you manage your fighters. So I wanted to 
give you an opportunity to talk about the fighter who you are managing and training for an upcoming fight? Uh-huh. Um, well, I've got quite a few. <laughs> so, you know, I've got some, I've got some amateurs. I'm getting ready. I'm going to try to, they've been neglected a little bit over the past two or three years because I've been so busy in the pros. But uh, my, the main pro that I've had for, for about 10 years now, he's out with knee surgery. So it's been a, almost a year since he fought and we've got about eight more months of waiting till he can fight again. It's just been a, you know, a, a real hardship for us to put him on the, on the back burner for a minute. And then I've got an, a new fighter that I'm, you know, soon to turn pro that I'm working with a Venezuelan fighter. Um, so, you know, those guys are keeping me excited about the pros. And then, you know, I got some great kids and then I've got a really cool collegiate team. I couldn't, you know, we're in, we're in uh, school season right now. So. Hold uh, on, wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. You said collegiate? Yes, yes. Um, Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. we, yeah, I'm the head coach for the Georgia Tech boxing team. Uh, we've got, they got a boxing team in Georgia. I Tech? just said that. I mean, yeah, I just it just it just over. Did it. Yeah, we have so much fun with those guys. I mean, they are the best. So um, we just did a show December third. Uh, so, but you know, a week ago in the in the past ten days, you know, I've had two shows. <laughs> I said sometimes we get real busy. Two shows, and then of course we had um, you know one of our kids that uh, passed away. So we. It was really a lot going on over the past 10 days or so. Um, so, um, but, but yeah, um, c- college boxing, it's, you know, winter, uh, winter season is coming up. So we'll have the nationals for those guys and a couple of shows and, uh, but they're really fun. You know, I love the college, but I love the amateurs. I love the pros. I just love the fights. I mean, no matter what, if you're a real fight fan, it doesn't matter what level you can see some, you know, seven year old, eight year old kids boxing and, you know, if anybody gets in a fight, it's just the best time ever. Novices are just as fun as the pros and the big fights. It's, you know, they're all really great. And that's what I do it for. I do it all because I love the fights. So, you know, whatever's next. Next, we're looking at maybe a show January 6th. I got a couple guys fighting in New Orleans in January 27th or 26th, something like that. Um, and, you know, see what's coming up. <laughs> Haven't put a pro show back on the uh, burner yet. So I just just cleaned up a few of them and finally got my plate empty. For the holidays, I'll spend some time with my family and then get back on the get back on the grind. On <laughs> so the we'll hustle, see. the grind and the hustle. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. So so let me ask you, Terry, did you start boxing collegiate thing at Georgia Tech? Were you part of that? Yeah. Um, so me and a couple of the students, um, you know, we they wanted to start a club and we went through a pretty heavy vetting process. You have to prove, you know, a lot of things like the boxing is safe, you know, and not going to kill all the students. And then they had to approve my venue. So we're Buckhead Fight Club is actually the the offsite training facility for Georgia Tech, the boxing club. We had 215 students this year sign up. So, I mean, this last semester. So we when we started, it was like 40 students and we we started in 2018. Of course, took a break in 2020. Um, so we've only really had like five or six semesters and in that much time. You know, it's gone from 40 kids to 215. We're really, I think, probably the largest team in the U.S. IBA. But <laughs> we, you know, we got a, a lot of kids. So, but they have a lot of fun. Say, Terry, listen. Uh, yeah. You know me. I'm, you know, I'm just that type of person. You know, things happen in my. Gotta get TSU to come. You know, we uh, we do some college. We do a college boxing show at at my gym um, um, in December every year, and we try to get as many students as we can. They don't have to be part of a an official team to compete as college students. So last year we had Emory, Georgia State. We had a couple of different ones. Okay, um, all right. So, yeah, I, so I, we, we didn't have any this year from Georgia State. We were yeah. so sad, but we'll make sure to get them in there next year. But yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, we would love to. There, there are some kids from, uh, I think GSU was reaching out about starting a team. Oglethorpe University is trying to start a team. So we'll see, you know, hopefully we'd love to have all this, uh, you know, we'd love to have a bunch of teams in Georgia. That'd yeah, so, so what I would like to do is I would like for you to kind of, you know, guide us, help us to, to make Georgia State a big vital part of this collegiate yeah. thing that you got going on in Georgia because uh actually today we just met with someone from the Andrew Young uh policy school and uh so basically we doing an intern so we're gonna have an intern for the staff of boxing club so we want to go through the Georgia State program because they have a nonprofit a great nonprofit program. <laughs> Yeah. So Georgia State, as you can see, is very dear to us. My wife just graduated uh, this past May, so she alumni. And so I have a, an extensive relationship with Georgia State. And so <laughs> Georgia State has been a part of my life, you know, for a long time. And I, I'm just so indebted to the university. So now that you told me about Georgia State participating in the collegiate thing, and so right. this particular year, there wasn't any students to sign up. So I want the staff at boxing to to kind of be like the uh the vehicle to get you know georgia state staff at boxing then to what you got going on so it right. can be like a pipeline so we can make sure that this would be an ongoing thing and that i i'm i'm, I'm seeing it in my vision that this can be real 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 big right because like uh if you say that you started off with 40 and then it eventually went up to, you know, so I'm thinking about sponsors. I'm thinking about, you know, like, it, you know, people competing for trophies, medals, et cetera. Like, this can be a, a huge thing and give, like, these collegiate uh, institution different outlets. So you got basketball, football, and then you add another program, boxing. So everybody liking boxing in particular, it's becoming popular with the females. So I just think, man, this can be some hoo-hoo. Right, right. Well, <clears throat> if you want to see what a show looks like, I've got one live on my, um, well, when we just did the college fight night on December 3rd, we put it under live events on my website at buckheadfightclub.com. We had a marching band there. You know, we had a live student band. I mean, it's all about the students. So oh, we had, you know, we had, we had VMI, Virginia, Virginia Military Institute, and we had some kids from the University of Texas at Rio Grande um, Valley. So, but previous year we had Georgetown University, Maryland. I mean, we get other, the, basically the students get to box other students and that's the best thing about it. So, uh, and the USIBA is, um, there, there are two, uh, under USA Boxing, there are two um, college uh, organizations. One is the NASB, and that's most of the, you know, Army, Navy guys, and those are career fighters. But the USIBA, it's a rec sports program. Um, so these are kids that might do it for one or two semesters for a lot of beginners. So um, the cool thing about that is that when you do the national championships, they have a beginner division, which is two two bouts or less. Then they have novice, and then they have open division. So it gives them an you know an extra division for those beginners that you know stay in a for maybe one year or, you know, and then they're not going to become career fighters. So, and they get to have a safe boxing match on, on a level that they're boxing in. So uh, again, like Georgia, Georgia tech, where we're part of a rec sports program, the rec sports program at Georgia tech. So any students really, these are student run organizations. So just like any other student uh, rec sports program, you know, whether it's lacrosse or rugby or those kind of things, if a, if a couple I mean, Georgia tech would love to help Georgia state start a club, but even if they don't have a club, if they don't have an official club, they can still have a team 
that competes, you know, at the nationals and, you know, at other uh, college boxing events, they don't have to be, uh, a, you know, a certified, uh, a, you know, school sponsored team. So they can be, be a, a small club and they don't have to be an official club to, to box with UC. But so that's the cool thing about it. It takes a few extra steps to become, you know, an official uh, club for any school because there's a lot, you know, they worry about boxing on campus. And personally, I went to the University of Georgia <laughs> and my daughter and her husband. So they, they think I'm a traitor for being the Georgia Tech boxing club. Uh, but but uh, but even with UGA, we would love for them to get a, a, a team. But most of the schools don't want sparring or full contact on campus. So they take it off campus just to keep that, you know, uh, you know, that liability. Yeah. But as long as we follow all the USA boxing rules and regulations and we're a USA boxing gym and that kind of thing, we're fully, um, you know, vetted and everything. So, it, you know, it doesn't take that much, but it takes a little bit of work to make an official team, but they don't even have to have that. They could be a group of uh, GSU kids that want to box and they can come right to any collegiate event and box other college students. It's really cool. I mean, college boxing was big, like in the fifties and, you know, stuff like that, but it just, you know, with, with basketball and baseball and, you know, football coming up so heavy, you know, they just kind of got, got kind of forgotten, you know, way later on. It used to be that most of the Ivy league schools made you take boxing, you know, the young men, they had to take boxing as a part of their um, fitness program, you know, physical fitness, they had to take that. Um, but, you know, it's coming back. So uh, I'm excited about it. And I like, I really enjoy doing the college. It's one of my favorite things. In the world, really yeah. Yeah. You had already answered, asked one of the questions. So I'm good. What, it, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Yeah, you, we don't have to say that, but you had already asked her. So she already answered the question that I was going to ask. Well, I would like to take this opportunity to, uh, say thank you to a sponsor for us was ECA everyone can achieve as you can see their logo is is there uh ECA is uh, a flagging company out of Wilmington Delaware and this uh company has sponsored uh, our kids in our uh boxing club with some Stafford boxing track suits so they're currently getting made custom made they're going to be real nice so we wanted to take this opportunity to honor and you know show some love and, and appreciation to our sponsor thank you ECA. We thank, thank you. you so much mr earl cooper uh miss uh, kathy cooper uh, we want to say thank you so much but going back to you miss terry moss uh i want to you know have a off the record we're off the air conversation about you know getting georgia state involved with the i guess you would say this intramural boxing uh club right. Uh, because it'll be off campus and it will be at your site. So uh, we have some, you know, some contacts in at Georgia State. And so we can kind of like help, you know, facilitate getting these kids because when we come on campus and they see the Stafford boxing, they be asking a lot of questions. I'm but sure. I also believe that the boxing would definitely be a benefit to the kids. Number one is like the stress relief, right? In terms of college can be very stressful. Uh, you know, with the uh, uh, classes, studying, et cetera, it can be an outlet. The other thing is about discipline. Right. I think that when these college kids come to school, you know, discipline is not really a high priority. But when you get into the, the, the real world, discipline is very important because if you don't be on time, you know what I mean, to your, to your job, there can be severe consequences for that. 
you know, self-esteem. I think that boxing also helped with with self-esteem. Yeah, and that's that's very important. Consider that this generation now is on social media. And a lot of times, you know, social media can play a, a huge part in the individual uh, self-esteem. So boxing can teach them to 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 work on that and also goal setting as well. That's very important. Uh, as you alluded to earlier about, you know, your goals, your goals in the sport of boxing. You was a professional boxer. You Hall of Famer. You sit on the board now. You, you're a manager. You're a trainer. So these are goals. And I think that these young kids that is in college, yes, they are book smart, but I don't really think they understand what lies ahead uh, in the real world because it's a it's a real big transition. I mean, you got people who's fighting for their family. They got kids. They're thinking about retirement. They're thinking about, you know, mortgage. You know, in college, you're thinking, you know, just, you know, the college life. But it's a totally different ball game. And I think a lot of college students are, they are equipped in terms of the knowledge. And they may do an intern at a company or organization for some experience. But in terms of being mentally prepared, it takes discipline, and that's when I think the sport of boxing definitely can help uh, those children at these universities. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's and it also gives them a you know, it's boxing is a small world, so it gives them um, you know when they when they can go to a boxing gym and then you know see, actually be there with people that might know some of the people they see on TV. That, that's that's really fun for them. You know, they get to experience something in a really deep way. Um, you know, into the all the all the aspects of the sport, and then. Of course, to me, I'm always thinking about the sport of boxing. So that's what I do. And I'm like, these new fans are going to be the guys that maybe sponsor a boxing show later. Or maybe, you know, they might be the guys in the Jack Nicholson seats at the next big fight when they, you know, once they become successful business people, it's always great to to get new fans. And these are the kind of fans we want, you know, educated people that uh, really uh, love the sport of boxing. You know, it's going to they're going to get out there and support it financially and, uh, you know, watch it on TV. And it's always good for the sport. So. I mean, there's there, there's a good way all the way around. You know, we're getting we're getting good fans. We're getting people involved uh, in something that's going to give them a really big sense of belief in themselves. I mean, boxing. If you can go through one boxing match and survive that, I tell them all, you're already uh, doing something more than you know 99.999 percent of the people on the whole planet. So you know, it lets them know how special they are and 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 what an achievement it is just to do something that that takes that much courage. You know. It might make it easier to make it, you know, into grad school. You know what I'm saying? So I've, I've heard that before. Uh, you know, uh, one one young lady said, "I never would have gone to grad school if I hadn't been through that boxing match. It taught me I could do anything, no matter how scary it was." So you know, those kind of things are great, great things to teach. You know, young young athletes and young young people. It's good. I have a question, and while I would like for you to say something, I've heard women talk i've talked to a few women now with everything that you've gone through starting with the being a professional boxer and now you're on the business side would you share and like my husband said we know that passion can be the number one thing that will push you or anyone else to see their dream come to fruition. But there's a lot of women that are struggling with that because they have family, 
that say, or other people that say, you know what, that's not going to work. You can't do it. And then their esteem is like, you know what, they're, they're torn. So with everything that you've experienced and what you've been through, can you just shed some light and give other women some inspiration to just do what needs to be done? Right, right. um, Sometimes it's hard to be fearless, but you know, I definitely am fearless. (laughs) So I'm, uh, you know, you just, Sometimes it's just a matter of getting out there and taking that first step, um, whether it's boxing or whatever you may want to do, you know, just push yourself through, just push through. I'm, uh, I learned a long time ago that if there's an obstacle that, you know, you can't take no for an answer that if there's an obstacle, figure a way around it, or under it, through it, you know, over it, whatever it takes, just just, uh, you know, if there's absolutely no way, then then make sure that you explore every idea first before you walk away. So, you know, just get in there and, and keep trying until you get the answer you want, really, is what you got to do. So, and, and anybody can do that. You just got to be, um, you know, just believe in yourself enough to get out there and, and, and push through to, to where, you know, if it's something is an idea that's important to you, then it's important. You know, as long as it's important to you, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. Then, you know, you, it just stay true to yourself, you know, go, go get what you want and, you know, don't take no for an answer. That's what I would do. <laughs> That's what I learned to do a long time ago. So, Miss Terry, you you talked about you being a parent. Um, so what are some of the challenges that you faced as a parent that boxing was able to help you to be a better parent? Well, again, I was a little older. So by the time I actually got into my first pro boxing match, my daughter was already in college. <laughs> I didn't have that problem, you know. It is. I couldn't imagine, you know, having to be that committed. I mean, being a fighter is a lot. Is, is a lot. If you're going to be a, a prize fighter, you know. I mean, if you're if you're doing amateur boxing, it's still a big commitment. But you know, in the pros and trying to do something, it's a lot. So those those ladies that have little kids, you know, it's definitely um, it's a, it's a lot to push through. But you know, for men too. I mean, but men can easily uh, much more easily than women, you know. Uh, take time out to go to camp and things like that. But, you know, it's kind of like women in the military, you know, it, it's, it takes a whole lot to do that. Um, and to be able to, you know, put that in front of your family sometimes. So, I mean, you just have to find that perfect balance, you know, but um, fortunately for me, I didn't really, well, I did, my daughter was in college, but I, I did move away <laughs> to do boxing. And um, which is really crazy because just recently I've just moved back home uh, to be near my family. And uh, as my daughter said, wow, we haven't lived together since since she was 18 and she's about to be 40. So <laughs> actually she just turned 40. So, I mean, if, if you're, um, you know, it's been a long time. I've been on this boxing for a minute. <laughs> so um, like I said, I'm at a little crossroads trying to decide what I want to do now, what's next. Um, I'm still going to do boxing, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, do I want to open a second gym? You know, do I want to um, just do more promoting or do I want to just stick with training? I'm trying to figure out what I want to do the most of. And, um, uh, and still, you know, you, you got to be able to balance that family, but you know, my, my opinion is family's always first. So <laughs> don't ever put anything in front of your family. And, um, if you, you know, find a balance for sure. So, um, so that you can do both, you know, and, and, um, and still, you know, keep what's important in life. And it's really going to be your family, the most important thing, but, you know, you shouldn't have to give up a career for your family. You know, everything should be in a balance and, 
um, I would encourage you know women to to be fighters and to be trainers and to be all those things they want to be. You know, family. Can, it's just like uh, any other job. You know, you can you can get your kids in the family business. So, <laughs> so my 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 grandkids. I'm a gymnast. My granddaughter's a gymnast. <laughs> I don't think she'd ever want to get punched in the face. But you know, I'm like I, I wouldn't want to break my legs either. <laughs> I don't know how how she does it. So it's you know I mean all sports are tough. And, and anybody that goes all the way in anything, it just takes a real commitment. So, you know, there's a balance. There's a balance. But don't give up your dreams. You know, uh, you don't have to do one or the other. You can do both. Really can. Well, Terry, we are about to get up out of here. And we wanted to give you the last word on. That's my glass, please. I'm not going to oh, this... oh, I'm just going to show and put in my gloves. Yeah, my bad. Oh, that's your nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. We should. I can't wait to put them on. Yeah. So. Wow. These are our own specialized. These are sixteen ounces. Yeah, these are sixteen ounces. Stafford boxing, the making of champion. Oh, you know? nice. Yeah. So, uh, all leather. But uh, Miss Terry, oh. we give you the opportunity to end the show. Yeah. And we want you to say what's on your heart. Mm -hmm. what you would like to leave with our viewers to help them be it boxing or in life that will be a gold nugget. Right. I mean, go get them, go out there and do your thing. And, uh, you know, come see some shows. That's what I would say. Come see Blackhead Fight Club. You know, if you're a student, you know, start a boxing program at your school, you know, boxing is good for, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good for your mind. It's good for your soul. And it's, and it's a really fun thing. So that's what I would say. Get out there and do it, you know, and, and maybe you guys uh, also come cover the next show. Love to have you there. I'll be for sure to sure. let you know. For sure. For sure. Well, ladies there. and gentlemen, you heard it. She said, just get out there and do it. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to say Nike, but we're going to say Terry Moss. She <laughs> said, get out there and do it. Terry Moss, the boss. <laughs> right. Terry Moss, the boss. That's no cappuccino. No cappuccino. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, viewers, we appreciate your time. And once again, Stafford Boxing. The making of champions. Thank you. Thank you for having me.